the book of Philippians uh, in chapter 2 has a, a passage that is uh, often referred to and used because it talks about the humanity of Jesus. It's an amazing passage. Uh, and in the passage, uh, it uses a Greek word that there's no actual translation for it, you know, which is often the way. Uh, if you know anything about languages, sometimes you, can, you can't get a word in English and in the other language that sort of marry up exactly. And love is one of those. There's five different types of words for love in Greek that, you know, but we just say love, like, you know, I, I love my wife, but gee, I, I love, love baked dinners. It's not the same love, is it, you know? But we use the same word. Well, there's this word in Greek that doesn't have an exact translation. It's called morphe, M-O-R-P-H-E. And morphe tries to convey this sense of um, what your nature is or who you really are, what you really are. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse uh, 6 and 7, it talks about Jesus and it says that to Jesus is in the very morphe, in, in his raw characteristic, who he really is, the substance of Jesus, he is in this morphe God. Jesus is God. We, we know that. Then it goes on to say, but Jesus, in the very nature, morphe God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the morphe, the very nature, the substance, the, you know, who we are, taking the morphe of a servant being made in a human nature. So here we got this Paul is in, in Philippians saying, here's Jesus, morphe, the substance, the character, was very God, but he chose actually not to live like that, but instead to take on that morphe, that substance, be truly human. King, he chose to enter into the world and not live like, but actually to live out of the human nature. Truly human. This concept, it's a difficult concept to, uh, to grasp. It's probably the hardest in theology, but it's necessary because it's amazing and it's impactful. God chose to temporarily cloak his deity, to not live out of his deity, but instead to live like you and I, as a full human being. What does it mean, though? Well, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews starts very interesting. Chapter 1 of Hebrews is all about the deity of, of Christ, And chapter 2 is all about the humanity of Christ. And in chapter 2, it says that because God's children are human beings, this is verse 14, were humans made out of flesh and blood, Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form. This is the amazing story of Christmas. goes on. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he deliver those who had lived all their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. There's a reason Jesus lived in Morphe as a human. We know that Jesus came to help the descendants of Abraham, not to help the angels. 
Therefore, it was necessary for Jesus to be in every respect like us. In every respect like us. So that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. He then could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and temptation... He is able to help us when we have been tempted. He took on the morphe of humanity. And that's why when he tempted, he knows what temptation is. It, it, he wasn't pretending as God, you know, well, you can't really tempt me, but I'll pretend you are. He chose to live out of his humanity, not out of his divinity. And so when he was tempted, he was tempted and he could have. And he chose not to. And our Hebrews tells us that Jesus lived as human because it gave him then the power to break the power of sin. It gave him the power to conquer death, remove any fear we need have of dying. And he understands what it is like to live as a human. So when we talk to him about the struggles we face, he gets it. You know, the implication of, of the humanity of Jesus is that Jesus is an example for us in how to live. He lived this obedient life to God the Father. Not because he had the divine power to do so, but because he chose to do so and he lived under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And because he did, we can because the other thing we learned from this, because Jesus didn't live out his divine nature, but out of humanity, the things that help Jesus to live the life of faith, we can access too. We, you know, a look at the life of Jesus, you see the, the influence of the Holy Spirit upon his life. Jesus offered us the Holy Spirit. The influence of the Word of God, we've got the written Word of God. The power of good friends, we've got good friends around us. If we want to learn how to live a life of faithfulness, we need to look at the life of Jesus because he has lived it as man. And I am just absolutely amazed that God would choose not to live with his power and his divinity in our world. But instead he lived like me. And it is amazing to think of God in that way. It is also amazing because of what it means for me is that I've always got hope that my life could reflect his. It is amazing. It's also amazing that God would choose shepherds to be his messengers. I mean, shepherds weren't significant in their culture. They were a bit of nobodies in, this, in their community. Uh, they weren't people of influence. They weren't, they weren't anything really. They were just really average, actually probably less than average people. You know? I mean, people of wealth and status, they don't spend all night sitting outside watching sheep. They are inside, out of the weather, while other people tend their flocks and they're watching Netflix. Shepherds, they weren't significant with the religious either. See, in the days of Jesus, there were um, 612 rules of do-nots. 
A lot of those related to ceremonial cleansing, that you needed to be clean outside so that you could go to worship God. And the trouble was that they had a whole lot of, a lot of hand washing requirements. And if you think COVID washing stuff is difficult, nothing compared to this. Shepherds, unfortunately, lived a lifestyle that they couldn't maintain all those levels of cleanliness with their hand washing. It just wasn't possible. And then there are certain things that if you touched things or did certain activities, they would also then be a do not and exclude you from worship. And shepherds seemed to get caught up. They weren't able to be ceremonially clean with their hand washing. They were doing things for work. That also, so they weren't really accepted by the religious group. So they weren't socially acceptable. They weren't religiously acceptable. They basically were down the bottom of society and not someone you would really pay attention to or engage with very much. And yet God chose them to be a messenger. With these ordinary, nothing significant, not very special people. This good news of great joy for everyone was given to the one that everyone didn't notice. For me, that's pretty amazing. I wonder what you think about your status in society. Where do you place yourself in today's world? Now, most of us are not really people of significance. Uh, you know, don't be offended, but I think we're all just pretty average here, aren't we? You know? for, for many of us, when we speak, not many people listen. I mean, some of us might even think that we don't have anything worth saying and so we don't speak up. I wonder if the shepherds felt like that. Sitting outside the town limits, looking down at the lights in the homes, you know, in the, where they've got the warmth... They're sitting out here in the cold, listening to the sheep snore. I mean, who wants to listen to them? I mean, as they open their mouth, people would smell the sheep and they'd just walk away. And yet this angel of the Lord appeared to them, told them about the Saviour, the Messiah, the Lord, and then gave them a GPS address for them to find where Jesus was born. It is amazing to me that God would choose to first engage with those in society that society chooses not to engage with at all. But the choice of the shepherd is pretty typical of Jesus and what we see in his life. If you remember the story of Zacchaeus, he was a despised man amongst the people, amongst the Jews, and Jesus was walking along, and where was Zacchaeus? He was up in a tree. It meant people couldn't hit him, I guess. He was also short, it gave him a view. He's in the tree, hiding from others, but looking. And Jesus walks along. What does Jesus do? Hey, mate, I'd like to come to your place for dinner. Jesus sees that person that society doesn't and engages closely with him. There was a woman who'd been bleeding. She'd gone to the doctors. Nobody could help her. She had a physical problem. That was it. And yet that physical problem meant you can't go to church. You're rejected from faith. So here's this lady living with shame and guilt, not of her own doing. And she comes to Jesus and what does Jesus do? He acknowledges her and he gives her healing. He accepts her when no one else would accept her. 
There's this demonic man whom society says is a dangerous danger to society. And so they put him in chains and they make him live outside of society's area on a hillside, chained up to try to control him. Jesus encounters this man and he calms his torment and he brings him meaning and peace and purpose. Then there's the lepers. Now, in case people don't see the lepers with their, their, their injured fingers and hands and their feet uh, due, to the, uh, due, due to the illness, illness, they have to cry out as they're walking along the street, leper, unclean, so that people know to keep away and not touch them in case they get the illness. And yet Jesus, hearing people call this and encountering people whom he can see, are sick with leprosy. Instead of moving away from these people, he not only moves towards them, but he reaches out and he touches. And he heals. There are people in society who just on the fringes or discarded, and yet Jesus recognises, embraces, connects with. Maybe those of us who don't feel very significant, who don't feel very important, or who don't feel valued, there is an amazing story here that Jesus sees you. That Jesus not only knows who you are, but wants to engage and connect with you. And the shepherds are the first example of that God sees and he chooses you there is a a final amazement in this story it's the verses we read the shepherds after they'd seen Jesus they uh, they went they told everyone what had happened what the angel had said about the child and all who heard the shepherd's story we're amazed. We have an amazing message to share. An amazing message to share. The story of Jesus is ours to share. Today, you know, we're talking about his birth, but, but we, we, we know about his life. We know about his death and his resurrection. We have an amazing story of Jesus to share with other people. It's a powerful message, a life-transforming message, and it is a message we must tell. The book of Acts, um, so we've got the Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, which are the stories of Jesus' life, and then comes the book of Acts, comes immediately after his, his death and resurrection. And Acts is, in effect, the story of the church and what happens with the church. And it's how the disciples of Jesus begin to tell this message of Jesus and make more and more disciples. And when you look through the book of Acts, you realise that within two years of Jesus' resurrection, they had filled Jerusalem with the story of Acts, according to Acts 5.28. Five years on, they had started multiplying churches. After 19 years, the report was that they had turned the world upside down in Acts 7.8. Within 20 years... They'd gone from being scared in an upper room in Jerusalem to turning the world around 
as they told this amazing story of Jesus. What is interesting about Acts is Acts doesn't end properly. It, it doesn't sort of have a conclusion. It, it, it's left open. Now, a suggestion is that the book of Acts, as the, the story of the expanding disciple-making and church-making movement, is left open intentionally because we're now writing the next chapter of Acts. And that's up to us to be continuing to tell the story. But today, uh, I also like how it does end. I like both. I like the fact that it's a continuous story, but I also like something of the way it does end. The last verse of Acts tells us about the Apostle Paul. Paul had been this great evangelist. He'd be going all around the country and telling people. And he was now living in Rome under house arrest. And Acts doesn't tell us if he is executed or released. What it does say ends with these words. Paul welcomed all who visited him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one tried to stop him. Full stop, the end. Acts is left open for the future. It's, it's not concluded, but it talks about the most important thing. That the story of Jesus is told. This amazing story of who Jesus is. By the fourth century, it was estimated that just over 8% of the Roman Empire had become believers. By the mid-fourth century, the number of Christians had risen to 50%. Why? How? My guess is that there were these shepherds, these ordinary, average, not very important people like you and I who were sharing the story of Jesus. This amazing story of God who chose to morph and become like us. This amazing story of God who lived, who died and rose again. And as that story was told by everyday ordinary people, so Acts chapter 29 and 30 and 31, the story of more disciples and more churches being made came to be written. The message about Jesus' life is amazing. It's life-transforming. And I want to suggest to you, as just ordinary, average people, like the shepherds, it's ours to tell. Phillips, Craig and Dean are a musical group. Either that or it's an intro to a joke. And they sing this beautiful song called Your Grace Still Amazes Me. I thought we'd end our time just to take a moment to reflect upon the amazing truth that Christ entered our world and lived like us to show how we could live. I want us to listen to the song and take a minute to reflect upon the fact that Christ sees me Christ 
knows me, Christ wants to be my friend. What am I doing personally with the amazing story of Jesus? And I also want us to take a moment to reflect at how and to whom am I sharing the story of Jesus with? Some great words in the song and then there's a couple of images and some scriptures that will remind us about the amazing story of Jesus. And when it finishes, I'm going to share a prayer. Thanks, guys.
Father, we, we are absolutely amazed at what you've done. Jesus, you're coming into, the, into our world not just as a, as a God, as a king walking around with superiority, but to take our very nature, our morphe, to, to be in, in every way like us living life like we live life, it's amazing. And yet, because you did so, you've shown us how we could live. You've, you're able to understand us. You connect with us. And then the gift of life through resurrection it's amazing. And it's really amazing that you would choose to befriend us. That you would choose to use us. Don't you know how faulted we are? Don't you know how often we fail you? Don't, don't, you, don't you know all these things about us that we don't want others to know. And yet still, with this amazing grace, you call us, you use us, you help us. Jesus, we thank you. We just give you praise for what you do in our own lives and the transformation that you work in us the ongoing forgiveness and restoration that we often feel we don't deserve. We thank you. We praise you. And we do ask that would you help us to tell others of the experience that we have of you. Help us to tell others your story, not just the story of your birth, but of your life, the teaching of the kingdom, and what you did 
when you went to the cross and died and the story of power above all other powers through the resurrection. Help us to live in such a way that the amazing story is lived out through us and told by us. Bless us, Jesus, as we move into this next week. Give us eyes to see the opportunities you give us. Give us eyes to see your hand of grace and blessing upon our lives. And give us eyes to see those around us whose society might not accept, but whom you do. And help us to reach out to them as well, we pray. Amen. And amen. God bless. Thanks for letting me share with you today. It's been a privilege. God bless.